Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. And I want to welcome you to week number five of a series that we are calling You're Invited. But before we get to that, I just want to take a really quick second. Uh, and I want to say something to, to Miss Kim. We love you, Miss Kim. Uh, you are such a blessing to this community. And I'm just so glad uh, that we're a church that, that just wants to go after blessing people who bless others. It's just awesome to be a part of that. Love what the Dollar Club's doing. So I hope you're just doing some thumbs up uh, and hearts to that right now. And, and we're just so, so glad to be a part uh, of what we're doing. And, uh, and also, uh, really quick, before we get to the message today, uh, I do have an update that I want to give you about where we're going, where we're heading uh, as a church right now. A few really big things uh, that I want to let you in on uh, right now. And, and so one of them is something we need to let you know. And the other is something that we want you to be uh, a part of that we really do need some, some input from you. And so first, a uh, big thing that we got is coming this week is probably going to be towards the end of the week, we are going to be posting our phasing plan uh, to all of you so that you know uh, what, what it's going to look like here for us as a church over the next several weeks, uh, and then also beyond all the way to when we're going to be gathering uh, here again and, and eventually get back here together uh, to have full church. So we're going to give you that phasing plan. Uh, it's going to be on the website, and so we're going to let you know when that's up uh, once we get that posted for, for all of you to see it, because we want all of you to see it so that you get a little bit informed on what the those phases look like rather than just 10 or 15 of us knowing. We want all of you to see that. Uh, and we feel pretty good about uh, what we're giving out to you. We've, we've been thinking about it, praying over it. The board looked at it and, and we're really feeling good about that. So I hope you're looking forward to seeing what that phasing plan looks like. It's just a, I don't know, it just feels good to have a step forward. And also, uh, here's what we did on Friday. On Friday, we sent, uh, church-wide, we sent all of you a survey that we really do want you to fill out. Uh, we sent it through our e-news, and it's also up on the website right now. Uh, and we really want you to, to take time to actually fill that out because uh, we want you to be a part of us, uh, to helping us to make some decisions. We want to make some decisions. But we just, we need to know where you're at, really, honestly. We need to know uh, what you're thinking, what you're going through, uh, where you are with that. So, so if you haven't filled that out, uh, just take a few minutes. It's not going to take very long. It's only five or six questions. Uh, and that's really going to help us as a church to understand how we actually take the next uh, steps over the next several weeks and months too uh, to get some dates on the phasing plan. So if you haven't done that, go to riverridge.org. You'll find it right there on the website. We really do want to hear from you. All right, let's get to it. So, so we've been in a series uh, called You're Invited. And what we've been looking at is we've been looking at these invitations that God has for us right here uh, to live out of, uh, that in Jesus' own words, it's a life that's abundant. It's a, it's a life that is to the full if we're willing not to just look at these invitations, but to receive them and go after them and experience them uh, with what God invites us to do. And today, uh, we're going to be moving forward with these invitations. We're going to look at one more invitation, and it's the invitation to grow. And, and the, here's the invitation is that we don't sit on what we have with Jesus. We actually grow because of what we have. And, and here's what, what I want to say. When we grow, and what I'm talking about is growing in, in personal holiness. When we grow, when we become more like Jesus in our lives, here's what happens, everybody. We get to experience more and more of this abundant life that Jesus is talking about and that God wants us to have. Um, 
Uh, I think this is a good season to talk about growing. There's a lot of stuff growing right now. I love the idea of growing. Uh, spring and summer, you see trees, you see leaves coming out. This past week, I, I finally planted my garden. I usually do it on Mother's Day, but I had to wait a few more days. Uh, but I loved uh, uh, gardening because I like just seeing things flourish and grow. Right now, uh, it seems like, uh, of all things, uh, when I think about growing, the thing that's growing the fastest right now are my kids. It just seems like yesterday they were crawling. Uh, and now, uh, my six-year-old just got his very first big kid golf set, uh, like a legit golf set. Uh, now, I didn't give it to him because uh, golf is straight from the gates of hell. Uh, just kidding, just kidding, uh, but I didn't give it to him. My neighbor, Paul, actually gave it to him. I went over and talked to him a few weeks ago. And we were just talking, and, and he went in his garage, and he, and he brought out his son's old golf set. It was like, you know, just, just made for like, you know, six, seven, eight-year-old uh, kids, and he gave it to him, and it's a really, really uh, nice set. And uh, so Paul and I started talking, and, and he was asking me about golf. He said, do you golf? And, I, and so I had to let him in on my story. Uh, and, and my story is, uh, no, I don't golf. Uh, I'm actually a recovering golfer. I've been recovering for six years now. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just, because one day I just gave it up. One day I just stopped and I said, that's it. I'm not playing ever again. Uh, and yes, there's a story behind that. Uh, and no, I don't have time to get into it. Uh, okay, I'm going to get into it just for a second, all right? Because I just want you to understand w- what the relationship is with me and golf, okay? I feel like it all started like seven years ago uh, when I taught my friend Tim uh, how to pick it up. He kind of knew a little bit but he picked it up. And then within about a week, he was already beating me. And so that was a little frustrating. And then it all went downhill from there. Uh, just not too long after that, uh, I went golfing with Tim, the phenom. And then we also had our friend Wes, uh, then went golfing with us. And man, and we were out there and there, I just walked up to the hole, got to the ball, hit a shot, went into the woods. And I just walked back, put my, uh, put my club in the bag, sat on the seat and I said, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And, and my friend Wes looked at me, he said, what do you mean you're done? And I said, that's it. I'm not playing ever again. And I never did. And that was the 11th hole and I rode the whole way and I've never played ever again, okay? It wasn't worth it to me anymore. It just wasn't worth it to me. And I never played ever since. Now, if Henry gets into it, uh, he, he might, he, maybe he'll bring me out of retirement, maybe. Uh, but, but anyone anyone who uh, plays a lot of golf, they're going to tell you this. And this is probably why I've never really been that good at it uh, and, and probably why I never uh, got better at it is, is because of this, because it's really mental. Golf is a, now you, there is talent and skill that's evolved, but golf is a very, very mental sport. I heard someone talking about a pro golfer uh, when I was listening to something and, and how this pro golfer just kind of quit one day, uh, just like I did, although I wasn't a pro. But, but they asked him why he quit. And here's what he said. It just stuck out to me. He said that he found himself one day going out for a shot uh, and he was thinking more about the out of bounds and the sand traps than he was thinking about the fairway and the greens. And he said, and that's just when he decided hanging up. And, and here's what hit me about that, everybody. Here's, here's what hit me about that. I think that this is the same thing that happens to a lot of Christians when it comes to living out this invitation to grow. I think that a lot of times when we think about growing in holiness and being more and more like Jesus, we get kind of stuck looking at the hazards of our lives and, and we look at the reasons why we really can't be a little bit more like Jesus and all that stuff that, that, that we see we don't measure up and that we never will. And what we do is we kind of check out, kind of check out of this amazing invitation to actually grow in holiness. And it's why I believe, this is why I believe that a lot of Christians don't even put simple things in place uh, to grow the way that God wants us to grow. And gang, listen, we got to change that. We got to change that, okay? And it starts, it all starts with an identity. 
It starts with identity. I want to give you uh, the number one reason why I think a lot of Christians get hung up on uh, truly growing and being more like Jesus in their lives. And the reason, and and here's what I believe before we get to that. Here's what I truly believe. I believe that that if you are in Christ, if you're a Christian, that you want to grow, that you do want to be more like Jesus. But I'm going to give you the reason why a lot of Christians find themselves stuck or struggling to actually grow and do it. And it's in one word, and and it happens right out of the gate. It's an identity that you actually come to believe about yourself, but it's an identity that absolutely isn't true and it's right here it's the identity of sinner sinner see if if that's the identity that we see I'm a sinner saved by grace don't forget the saved by grace part Andy I know but if that's the identity I see that I'm a sinner then here's what this is going to do this is going to influence me and how I think and, and when it comes to living for God. So just follow with me here. So just follow with me, come, come with me. So, so let's just say before I became a Christian uh, that I struggle with anger in my life, that you struggle with anger in your life but before you became, and we could fill in the blank with, with all kinds of stuff, you could, with gossip or, or with lust or, or with whatever it is. And, and, and so you had real destructive anger before you became a Christian. And now as a believer, uh, one day you're tempted to actually let anger take over, to let it actually be destructive and take over. And, and if you believe the, the identity that you are a sinner saved by grace, if you let this identity of sinner define you, then that tendency, because you're a sinner, is going to let anger take control. It's going to let anger win because, well, that's just who I am. I'm just, I guess I'm just a sinner uh, because you don't see yourself as being able to conquer it if you're a sinner. Are you tracking with me? You tracking? So here it is. And, and, and a lot of us get beat right out of the gates, I'm telling you, of living God's way. And it's because of this. It's because I live who I believe believe I am. And and here's what I want to say with this. This goes for every single person, whether you believe in God or not. We all live out of an identity. We live who we believe we are. You right now, as you sit, as you watch, you are living out of an identity, whether you believe it or not. But here's what I want to say for Christians. For Christians, I got some really, really good news. And I actually am going to bust, burst some bubbles out there. Here's what I want to tell you about who you are. Here it is. You are not a sinner. Okay, that's what I want to say. You're not a sinner. There is something new in you. There is something to live out of and live with, and it's not sinner. So I want to go to a place, and we could go to a lot of places in the New Testament, just one place in Ephesians 1. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open there because it's really important. I'm going to have you maybe highlight or underline something, and we're going to do Ephesians 1 and see what Paul says about that church, but what also he says about you. It's very important for us to see this before we get into what we do to grow. Here's what he says. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from the God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles handy, which I hope you do, uh, open them up to Ephesians 1. And, and if you're somebody who highlights or underlines, I highly recommend that you, that you highlight or underline two big things in there. And it's the word saint and the phrase in Christ. Those, those are worth highlighting because listen to me, gang. Those things change everything about who you are. Those change everything about who you are. Uh, And so I want to talk about this. So one is that you are a saint. You are a saint. Now, when's the last time that you ever said, hey, I'm a saint, or ever thought about the fact that you're a saint? And I'm going to wager to bet that you probably don't think about it that much, right? Because when you think of saint, you think of a few things. You think of like some super Christian uh, who's out there, right? Uh, Or you also think about Saint Rita, right? Who's been actually helping the homeless since 1948, right? But, But saints are not some kind of like special level of Christian. What this is saying is that if you are a Christian, then you are in fact a saint. And this is why it's so important for you to understand who you are as a Christian. See, 
When you look up uh, the definition of saint, here's what saint means. It means that you are set apart as holy. That, that, that that's who you are. So, so if you're someone who would say that you have a saving faith in Jesus Christ, you gotta catch this, then you are a saint. You are set apart as holy. That's you. And then it also says, Paul also says that you are in Christ. Now, being a saint and being in Christ, these are two of the most common identifiers of Christians in the New Testament. In fact, when you look at it over 200 times, you're going to see this in the New Testament that people are described as in Christ or holy or a saint over 200 times to remind you, hey, that's who you are. That's who you are over 200 times. And, and then when we look at the word sinner, you see, it also shows up in the New Testament. The word sinner shows up 300 times. Over 300 times, it shows up to describe someone. But it doesn't show up to describe someone who is in Christ. It actually, sinner is a word that is describes someone who is apart from Christ, who is not in Christ. So I hope you see a trend here. I hope that, that you're seeing this trend. And here's the trend, everybody, if you're not catching this. If you are in Christ, then you are not a sinner because if Christ is in you, then holiness is in there, that you are holy. Isn't that so great to know, everybody? I just think that's so amazing to know. And, and, and I had to get us through that really quick before we get into some of these things that cause us to grow, because for a lot of people, I just wonder, I wonder if just like that golfer, uh, that we're focusing on the wrong identity that just takes us out of the game right off the bat, okay? I want us to see who we really are so that we can really grow the way that we're supposed to grow. And, and I think for someone right here, someone who's listening right here, I really think that God, I think God may have hit you with a revelation in your life that, that, that you've been seeing the way that you've been living out of it, and it's that. And I'm telling you, I think that, that this thing that's been holding you back or holding you down, I think you're gonna get free from it today. I could just feel it. I think it's gonna get lifted today just by looking at this identity of who you really are and not buying in to believing who you're not. Okay, so now that we have the right identity, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look at some things uh, that we put in place to actually grow, to live a holy life. And, and here's what I'm gonna tell you. Uh, we got a few of these things and, and these things are not gonna explode your brain, okay? The, these are not like, you're not gonna see these and be like, wow, I never knew that, Andy. But, but here's what I wanna tell you, okay? Don't confuse knowing what these things are uh, with actually putting these practices in a consistent uh, uh, place in your life, okay? So, so here are, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna list, and, and it's a list. I, I'm not a big, you know, uh, uh, proponent of lists, but I think it's a good idea to have a list to look at and say, and evaluate our lives on and saying, how am I doing to grow in personal holiness? So I'm gonna give you my top five personal holiness practices. There may be more than this, but these are five of me, and if I can really see these happening consistently in my life, I'm on the right track. And here's the first one, if you wanna take notes. The first one is prayer. Prayer, again, I, I told you, I'm not gonna explain your brains on this, uh, but here's the thing. Like you need, we need, if we wanna grow and be more like Jesus, we need a time of focused, specific prayer every day. And here's what I wanna tell you, everybody. I've talked about this a few weeks ago. I think so many of us need a revival in our prayer lives because here's what I would be willing to bet. I would be willing to bet that so many, that almost every Christian says they pray. I think everybody would say we pray, but if I were to ask you, hey, what did you pray about this morning specifically? The answers that I would get is I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. I know I pray, but I'm not really sure what I prayed about. And I think we need to redefine uh, what prayer really is. Praying isn't, listen to everybody, I just said this a few weeks ago, praying isn't something we do. Praying is an invitation all, all into itself, okay? And there are, listen, there are specific prayers that we need to have in place every day in order to grow into this invitation and have the full life. Prayer, prayers like prayers for help, prayers uh, to, to search God's heart, prayers for God's hope, okay? And we talked about that a few weeks ago. I don't wanna get into that too much. And if you didn't uh, catch 
attached to that message, you go to our website, find that message on the invitation to prayer. But that's the first one. Here's the second one. Uh, the second practice I put in place is Bible study. It's Bible study, okay? Now, in order uh, for you to grow, like you have to stay connected to the source. And, and here's what I want to tell you. The best way to stay connected to the source, one of the best ways uh, is through prayer and also through studying the Bible. And trust me, here's what I'm going to tell you, everybody. I'm a dude. I've tried it every other way to avoid reading. It just doesn't work, okay? You have to read it when it comes to being more like Jesus. So, so here's what I'm going to tell you. If you want to become more like Jesus, you, you have to. Okay, do you hear me? You have to find some time to be in God's word every day, every day. So, so, so I just want to take a second to ask you here, how you doing in that? Like, like really, like honestly, just, just, and I'm not asking this to call you out on things. It's just, I've talked to a lot of you and I know where you're at with this and I think we need a revival in this too. Like how are you doing uh, in, in growing and, and really living out your faith and being in God's word every single day? Are you reading every day? So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you right now. Find 50, wake up 15 minutes early every day and just find uh, and, and get in God's word, okay? The first part of your day. What would it look like? What would it look like if you carved out just 15 minutes every day? How would that change your life over the next couple months, the next year? Now go project that out five years from now. What would that do if you had this habit of being in God's word, studying God's word 15 minutes every day? I believe, here's what I believe, it will change your life. Actually, I believe that you will see a significant change in your personal holiness and in your growth if you just do this one by itself. I believe that. There's a theologian uh, by the name of John Brown and I love this. He, he gave this definition of holiness. And, and here's what he says. I have some of it up here, but I have a little bit more with what I read. Here's what he says. He says, we got to catch the front of this. He goes, holiness does not consist in mythic speculations, enthusiastic fervors, or uncommanded uh, austerity. So he's like, it's not just out there in space. Here's what he actually says holiness is. Holiness, instead, it consists in thinking as God thinks and willing as God wills. That's where holiness comes from. Now he goes, and he says, God's mind and will are to be known from where? His word, his word. And so as far as I really understand and believe God's word, God's mind becomes my mind. God's will becomes my will. And according to the measure of my faith, listen, I, you, me, we become holy. Gang, listen to me. I just wanna implore us to think about this. Like, I really don't understand how it's possible to really grow with God and become more like Jesus if you're only kind of getting into God's word deep once a week with us on church on Sunday and, and no other time other than that in a world that is continually trying to pull us away from God's word and trying to influence you the other way. So, so we gotta have Bible study. So, so those first two, prayer and Bible study, are again, they're kind of no-brainers. Uh, and, and so these next two, uh, they're also common practices, but, but here's what I'll wager. I think they may not fit in a lot of consistent routines uh, with believers in Christ. Uh, so here's the next practice, uh, again, that we put in consistently. It's repentance. So, so this is where kind of sin comes back in because I said, hey, you are not a sinner. Uh, but a lot of you probably did have pushback. Say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What does that mean that I don't sin? No. So here's what, here's what I mean to say when I say your identity is not a sinner, that you're holy. See, for a Christian <clears throat> who is set apart, who is holy, see, the penalty of sin is removed from you. That's just absolutely true. The penalty is death uh, and separation eternally from God. The penalty of that sin is removed from you, but it does not remove the effect and the reality of sin in our earthly life, okay? So 
so for Christians, we still need God's mercy. We still need forgiveness every day. And so for those of us who are in Christ, here's what happens for us. We actually get offensive by actually coming with a repentant uh, attitude every day in our lives, okay? Uh, repentance, I don't know if you know the word repentance, but repentance, uh, it's actually one of the most positive words uh, in the entire Bible. Did you know that? It's one of the most positive words because here's what repentance, I love the concept of it. Repentance means I'm turning to good. I'm turning from what's bad and I'm turning to what's right. And let me say this about repentance. There is a huge difference between remorse and repentance, okay? Remorse is when I focus on what's bad. Remorse is when I focus on, on, on what's wrong and what I did wrong. Repentance turns towards what's good. It's, it's not, man, I feel bad about this. I got caught doing this. No, no, no. It's like, I'm just gonna turn towards God and what's right to redeem. John reminds us of this. Here's what he says to us. And again, he's talking to believers. This is what he's saying. He said, if we, and that's those of us who are in Christ, who are set apart, who are holy, if we confess our sins, a continual repentance, then he is faithful and righteous to forgive us in our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, so we have a, a, a rhythm a consistency of repenting and coming to him and believing it's a positive thing and we turn to what's good. Here's the next practice that we put in place when we wanna grow in personal holiness, grow with God and be more like Jesus. We flee worldliness. We flee worldliness. Check out what Peter says about this. Peter says this about worldliness. He goes, hey, dear friends, again, he's talking to us. I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners, you're not, you're not of this world, to keep away from worldly desires that what? What do they do? They wage war against your very soul. So we need, here's what I'm gonna say. We need, we need to have a pretty good separation between how we live and how the world goes. We just have to have some separation between how we live and how the world goes. And this is huge because here's the thing, the closer we are to the world, the, the further we'll feel uh, from God, the more distance we'll feel from God. Doesn't mean God's far from us, but we will feel that because of how close we are to the world. So I wanna spend a little time on this one of, of all the ones that I wanna look at because I think this is where, honestly, gang, where we get a little more hung up on than anything else. Uh, so I wanna see just a few signs. That, and again, they're just signs. They're things that might want us to think a little bit about where we are and, and, and how we're living for God and how we're living in the world. So these are just a few indicators that might show uh, us with Christians who are a little too close to the world. And it's just, this is just what will happen. A uh, couple indicators here. So the first thing that, that, that is a sign that we're letting the world kind of have a little bit more in us than we think is that there's a lack of spiritual influence in our lives. And what I mean is that, that you have a lack of spiritual influence in people who you love and, and people who you are around. So, so uh, the spiritual effectiveness uh, that you have is tied to the kind of relationship that you have with the world. So, so here, I just wanna ask a question in this one, right? So, so when it comes to your influence with other people, how do they see you? Like, who do they see you as? Do they see you differently? And I don't mean like they see you as a weirdo or anything. Like I'm just saying, do they see you as a godly influence? Do they see you as a man or woman who has an influence for God? Do you have a reputation uh, of being someone who actually is a man or woman of God? And I'm, not, and, and I'm not even asking you to evaluate how many people you've saved. Because listen, everybody, you don't even save them anyways. Like God is the one who saves. But are you seen as an influence of God in the universe uh, where you work and, and where you socialize. So that's, that's just a sign. Here's another one. So it's also that you have de a sign of desensitized morals. So, so another sign uh, that the world is a little bit too much of an influence in our lives is the more we let the world influence, see, the more desensitized we become to what should and shouldn't be acceptable behavior. 
It's just what's gonna happen, okay? And, and this is where a lot of us get in trouble, everybody. Like this is where a lot of us, because here's what happens, because in a blink, in a blink, don't believe anything other than this, in a blink, we can look and act just like the world does. And what really should be black and white with what God says, we don't see it like that anymore because we've let the world in. We've been so desensitized with what's going on around us. And what happens, this is what happens. We become actually more accepting of sin and then we become more reluctant to give that sin up that's going on in our lives. Here's what, to, here's what Paul says. He, he says, man, but, but I want, he's like, for you, and I want to look at you. This is for you. As for you, man, flee these things. That's not who you are. Pursue this. Don't pursue the world. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. I love that. It's a fight, everybody. Like, don't believe that it's not a fight. It's a fight with the ways of this world. And if we're not vigilant, uh, we're going to get compromised. And here's what I want to say. I thought about this a lot, even in my own life. Like, if we don't find ourselves fighting a little bit with the world, like, here's the, chances are we're allowing a little bit more of the world in, everybody. You hear me? If you don't feel like you're in a fight, you're probably letting a little too much of it in uh, if you want to grow with God. Again, it's just a sign. It's just a sign to look at. Here's another one, uh, that there's a lack of generosity towards God. That when I'm letting the world influence me a little bit too much, when I'm not fleeing from it as much as I should, uh, that there's kind of a lack of, of desire to, to be generous towards God. So, so here's what I wanna say. For believers who live according to what God says, like there's no tension in giving back to God's kingdom. Like there's just no tension about it because we don't see it as anything, but man, God's given me everything I got and God even gave me his best when he gave me his son who sacrificed his life for me. So why would I not be generous when he gives me his best? I'm gonna give him my best. And so again, I just wanna ask some questions here. Uh, maybe a question to ask is, is, is there a pushback? Is there a pushback that you have on giving back to God? Is there a pushback? Like with your time, with your paycheck, with your resources that come your way, do you have a, do you have a mentality of it's all mine, or do you have a mentality of, man, no, it's all yours, God. It's all, it's all yours. Again, it's just a sign. Uh, and, and here's the other one. Here's the last one. This is a big one. Uh, it's a sign that, that you don't feel close to God. You don't feel close to God. Um, so we make a choice, the nearness that we feel. I already said that before uh, when we stay too close to the world's ways, everybody. Like whenever, I, whenever anybody needs help or counsel from me, uh, when I talk to couples, when I talk to individuals, uh, the first thing that I do, I actually ask them two questions. I say, tell me what your story of faith is. Tell me your faith story. Uh, and then the second thing that I ask everybody to do is I say, okay, if you were to tell me or describe to me in a word or a phrase, like where you're at with God right now, what would it be? And overwhelmingly, what I hear are two words. I either hear distant or far. And gang, I'm not saying it's always the case, but it's just a sign. It's an indicator that this is what's going on, that we're letting the world influence a little bit too much to me. You can't be, you can't be close to the world and also stay close to God because here's what James says. James says this, he goes, hey, don't you realize, you gotta realize this, the friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. And he goes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this again, just so you understand this. I'm gonna say it again. If you wanna be a friend of the world, that's fine, but you're gonna make yourself an enemy of God. You can't have both going on in the same time. So, so, so again, just looking at these indicators of fleeing worldliness, I just wanna ask just for us to take an inventory of, of, of this one on the list. How you doing on these things? Like, do you, do you see some things that are reality here? And if they are, here's what I wanna suggest. It, it may be that you're living a little too close to the world. And so here's what I wanna say. Maybe a step for you is to take a step in the positive direction and, and take a step away from living uh, with the world, okay? So, so maybe that's what we do. So, uh, because here's the sign, here's the sign of someone who pursues holiness and flees from the world. And this is Jesus' own words. I love this, because here's what he says to you and to me. He goes, hey, listen, if you belong to the world, uh, it would love you as its own. And he goes, 
just as it is, he's like, I want to encourage you though. I want you to listen. Chime in with me, man. Listen to me. As it is, you don't belong to the world. You live differently, man. You got a better thing that you're living for. You don't belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. So don't live in it, right? That's why the world hates you. If we find ourselves a little too close to the world, if we find ourselves not really fighting against it that much, man, we gotta look at this and take an inventory of how we're growing in holiness with God, okay? So in order to grow, to have the faith that we want, we need to have a little separation from the world. Here's the last practice that we have. So, so we flee the world and he said, here's the last practice. Is, and this is an absolute necessity for every follower in Christ who wants to grow is we have to have fellowship. We have to have fellowship. We need people in our lives who are going in the same direction and same flow as us and we want to go. And so here's what I want to say. We need it in two ways, everybody. Two ways that we need fellowship. We need it, I think, the way I would say is we need it both wide and we also need it deep. And, and here's how we go after those things as a church, if you want to know. So, so as a church, we go wide with having worship services and the gathering here on Sunday mornings once a week. And, and, and we want to be really going after uh, fellowship with, with the body of, of believers, okay? And that's a huge part. Like being consistent in that is, is really huge. And then we also go deep uh, with groups and accountability, that we go deep in that way. And I just want to say, here's what I want to tell you. In order to grow, you need both. Like you, in order to grow the way that, that, you, that I believe you want to grow and be more like Jesus, you need both wide and deep ways of fellowship. And, and here's my, because here's my fear for so many of you. I think so many of us are still trying to do your life or do your marriage on, on your own. And I want to tell you this, this is a core value that we've adopted uh, for a long time here at our church. And you may not know it, but I hope you do. A core value uh, for here and for really every follower of Jesus is you cannot do it alone. Like you cannot do your life alone. You need people in your life who love Jesus, who want to pursue holiness, and who are willing to pray for you specifically. And again, I just want to ask a question here. Do you have those three things going on? I'm not asking if you're in a group or not. Like that's just how we actually help you get those. Do you have those three things going on in a consistent way in your life? I'm gonna tell you this right now. Like I could not, just please listen. I could not imagine how my marriage would be if I didn't have that. If I didn't have a group that I'm attached to and if I didn't have people who are really wanting to go after God and want me and Courtney to go after God myself. Courtney and I decided a long time ago that we're not good enough to do it on our own. We're, and if your pastor's saying, we're not good enough to do it on our own, I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to encourage you, I, I, accept that core value that we can't do it on our own. Man, if you're here, here's what I want to tell you. If you're here and, and you're going wide with us, if you're going wide with us as a church, with big church and what we do, I want to challenge you to jump in and go deep. Uh, go deep when we have the next group signups. And, and in that phasing plan that we're gonna launch out uh, here next week, you're gonna see uh, part of that phasing plan, we're gonna see when we get groups back up, we're gonna try to get those back sooner than we actually come back here as a church. And so jump in on that, jump in on that, uh, get connected. And, and so those are the five things, those are the five personal uh, practices that I put in place uh, to grow. And, and, and I just wanna end with this really quick and then we'll be done. Three things, uh, three things about holiness uh, that I wanna end with. And, and really what these are, are they're declarations that I had adopted in my life that I just need to remember about who I am and, and who God made me to be. And, and three declarations for anyone out there uh, who wants to be more like Jesus. And listen, I hope that's you. Like, I, I hope you want to grow. But, but here's the reality, everybody. Like, some of you are just not going to step into this. Some of you are, are, are not going to take this on. But for those of you who will, for those of you who want to be more like Jesus and, and see it affect your family and, and your work and your life and, and, and everything about you, uh, I'm going to give you three declarations that I want to encourage you with that I each adopted in my own life as well that we can remember. And here's the first one. Holiness is in me, and so I will pursue it. Isn't that good to know? Holiness in me, so I'll pursue it. Holiness, uh, it's not just going to happen. 
but, but, but I don't want you to, th- but it's something that we go after, right? That you have to be bold to go after it. And listen, this shouldn't intimidate you because we already said it's in you. It's already in you. It's who you are. So go after it. Holiness is in you. So let it work through you. Here's a second declaration that I make. Holiness is a progression. And so I will be patient. I'm gonna have grace in my own life as I go through uh, the holiness that God wants me to do. So I just wanna say real quick, we're all works in progress. Like I say that a lot to us, but it's true. And listen to me, we always will be until the day we see Jesus face to face. Like we're always gonna be works in progress. So I wanna encourage you, I wanna encourage you even when I think about it myself, like let's just keep moving, let's keep pursuing and God will do the rest. And that goes to our final point, that holiness is God's work. And so I won't be proud about it in my own life. Look at what God says. I think it's really important to see what God says about this. He says this, he goes, hey, listen, don't forget when it comes to your, I'm the Lord, I'm the one who makes you holy. And so for, for us, when it comes to being set apart, to being holy, God wants to make this perfectly clear. You're not the one who does it, I do it. And let me tell you why this is such great news, everybody. This is great news because you don't have to look at you as the agent that gets you there. And I don't know about you, but that's a huge relief for me when I look at my life that God is the one who can get me there. Gang, uh, if, there is, if there is anything, anything that I wanna just like fry into your brain right now, it, it's this, it's that we never ever stop growing. You can never stop growing if you wanna keep moving in this life of faith. And isn't it great to know that we have a God who doesn't just leave us on our own when it comes to this invitation to grow, that he, that he knows us, right? That, that he's with us and that, that he put it in us so that we could pursue it. And isn't it awesome to know uh, that, that it's gradual and so we can have patience so we can actually uh, not get down and not give up uh, when we get these hiccups and bumps along the road. We have grace and we have forgiveness and we have each other. We have the fellowship to help us move along. And we need to remember, always remember, that this, this progression is God's, it's not even ours. And so we can't be proud about it. And so let's make sure though, that we let God in. Amen, everybody. Amen. So let's get going on growing towards this holiness that God wants us to have. Let's pray together. God, uh, man, the most amazing thing, the most fulfilling place that you called us to be in this life is the man or woman that you called us to be, that you made us to be. And it's the most meaningful It's the most purpose-filled place that we could actually be in this life. So help us to see that. Help us to pursue this growth, not just look at it, but actually experience the growth and put these things in the place, knowing that that is who we are, that you put that in us through Christ. And thank you for Jesus, who's the one who did make us holy, that we don't look to ourselves to make us holy, that, that Jesus is the one who made us holy and so that we can even go after that with more boldness, with more courage to say, man, I know it's in me. And give us the grace to, to, to actually have these hiccups and be okay with that and, and people that we need in place um, that, we, that can help us along the way. And thank you, thank you for not just making us a better version of ourselves, but you made us new creations, that we are new, that we are made new. The old is gone and behold, the new has come. And so we go after this with an amazing faith that we can give. We love you and we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, we're gonna end this morning uh, by worshiping together. Uh, But before we do that, I just wanna encourage you, don't forget to fill out that survey. Really important that we hear from you and know the heartbeat of what's going on with you. Uh, Have a blessed day, have a great week, and we will see you next time.
The King of Kings. 